Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Feats podcast. My name is Ben. I'm an active travel advocate from Nuneaton in Warwickshire. And uh, this is a fairly new podcast, just the third edition in now, where I focus on what I've been doing in terms of my everyday cycling, but also in terms of active travel with a focus on the West Midlands, Warwickshire, Nuneaton area, but also taking a look at what's been going on nationally as well. Um, As for me, as I record this on the 31st of May, I am pleased to announce that I have managed to achieve my monthly target for the second time ever since I started riding a bike again back in 2017. For only the second time ever, I've managed to do a 400 mile month. 401. 0.49 to be precise that 0.49 is so incredibly important but this was a a target I set myself because somehow or other I managed to do 400 miles or 401 miles in May last year and uh, I, I like to set myself little targets or in this case not such a little target well some people may think 400 miles isn't too difficult but for me 400 miles is a lot trying to fit in the right amount of miles every single day to make sure I could hit that target was tricky overcome some monotony, forcing yourself out when you don't necessarily want to go out, all that sort of thing had to be in there to contribute to hitting this goal. But I managed to hit it yesterday and I'm pretty pleased I did because today it's absolutely hammering it down. And uh, yeah, I hope you can't hear that on the on the recording today and that it doesn't disturb your listening pleasure. But it is uh, it is rather heavy with rain outside at the moment. So that's been my uh, my goal for cycling this month, and it has been achieved. I haven't set myself a goal for next month, but uh, if I can uh, sort of keep along the same sort of line as as last year and not fall behind in mileage, then I think I'll be pretty happy with that. So we're probably looking at about two hundred miles, two hundred and twenty. That will probably be a good target. But away from what I've been doing, because I'm sure nobody really wants to know what I've been up to on the bike. It's not exactly, you know, exciting stuff. I'm not doing massive races or anything like that. I'm not uh, doing extended tours or really long rides. I mean, the longest ride I did this month was 40 miles and that, well, I nearly collapsed after the end of it. So, you know, I'm not someone who goes in for the really big stuff when it comes to cycling. This is very much fairly slow recreational riding around the local area. So aside from what I've been up to on the bike this month, I wanted to talk today about what's been going on on the BBC television series Country File. Before we get into that, though, just a quick reminder that uh, you can now subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and a variety of other places as well. So do make sure you've got this podcast in your subscription list in your favorite podcast app, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneIn and a variety of others as well. You can find uh, all the links over at the website feats.uk slash podcast. That's F-I-E-T-S dot UK slash podcast. And also, if you can support this podcast and the active travel advocacy that I do, and that includes the website over at feats.uk, if you want to buy me a coffee, you can do that as well. Details are over on the website feats.uk. Any contribution, however great or small, is gratefully received. Thank you very much. Now let's carry on. Now, Twitter sort of blew up a little bit after the latest Country File edition was broadcast on the BBC recently. They were filming in Warwickshire with a focus on walking and cycling, talking about it in a national context, but filming in the local area, which was quite nice. Focusing on the south of the county because 
for some reason everybody does nobody seems to want to come north of uh, of coventry and have a look at what goes on in nuneaton and bedworth can't imagine why but um it was a a disappointing edition with this focus on on cycling and it re- resulted in a lot of negativity on twitter negativity from cyclists like myself who would look at the the program and think what on earth are you talking about you have an opportunity here to frame things in a certain way and there are certain aspects of the program which were broadcast that maybe you just want to scream basically and then of course you've got the other side as well you've got all the anti-cycling lot that are coming out and saying yeah those blasted cyclists always getting in the way whatever it might be all the usual nonsense you know freeloaders don't pay road tax insurance number plates all the rest of it it really did fire off a storm of tweets from from both i don't like to use the word side but it is it's both sides the thing is they started talking about cycling on rural roads as a dangerous activity they were framing this in the context of somebody who sadly lost their life on rural roads when cycling in in 2018. And um, from this, they extrapolated that rural cycling is dangerous because this chap was, and I quote, hit by a car. Of course, many people don't like that terminology, that phraseology of where somebody was hit by a car or a car hit this person or, you know, a car did this, that or the other, because ultimately it's not the car, it's the person in control of the car who is responsible for what happens. So hit by a driver would be a better term to use, but okay, it's common enough, we can let that go maybe. So what happened is this chap was unfortunately killed by a driver who was speeding. He did 50 miles an hour in a 40 Uh, when he collided with this cyclist. As a result, he got a six-month suspended sentence and 250 hours of community service. Justice? No, of course not. That's a separate matter, though, to what's going on in the the programme. That was reporting what had happened in this particular case. Fine. We also got stats. 100 cyclists were killed roughly in 2018. 17,000 others were injured. 100 cyclists were killed in 2019. Then it went up in lockdown to 141 and then dropped back down a bit to 113 in 2021. We got the statistic that on average, you're three times more likely to die on rural roads due to higher speed collisions. This is all factual information. It's not so problematic. Other than that, three times more likely to be killed on rural roads figure doesn't put it into context with how many people are killed by drivers every single year. I mean, we're saying 100 cyclists were killed on the roads in 2018 and in 2019. Every single year, roughly 1,700 people are killed on the roads by drivers. So it's important to put the numbers into context, and that context was missing. We had a discussion with Dame Sarah Story, who spoke about the biggest dangers when you're cycling is drivers speeding or passing too close or overtaking at the wrong time so that they're coming at you head on. You know, this is all on country lanes, so overtaking uh, slower moving vehicles. And she was speaking about how a default speed limit of 60 miles an hour really is not appropriate for many of these roads, and it really isn't. And we should have quiet roads with 20 mile an hour speed limits and drivers need to adjust their behaviour to the conditions, the types of roads and who is around. This is all perfectly reasonable. There's nothing wrong here. And I can't really see how anybody can object to these particular comments apart from petrol head drivers who think 20 miles an hour, you've got to be having a laugh. 
But then we get the comment from Tom Heap, the person who was hosting this particular segment. He said, Let's face it, cyclists can be occasionally dangerous and occasionally full of themselves as well, can't they? Let that sink in. That comment in a piece that was launched with a discussion about somebody who was killed by a driver that came following comments from Dame Sarah Story about dangerous driver behaviours. And then you get this presenter with that comment, cyclists can be occasionally dangerous and occasionally full of themselves. How is that appropriate? Okay, yes, sometimes some cyclists might behave in a dangerous way, but especially on a rural country lane, they're rarely of danger to anybody but themselves, unlike a driver who very much has the potential to be dangerous to everybody who's around them. And regardless of whether a cyclist is behaving dangerously or not, how is that in any way mitigation against any negative outcomes that may be afforded to them should they be involved in a collision? But this occasionally full of themselves. I mean, what is that trying to say? What is he getting at there? Is he putting across an agenda, an anti-cyclist line? Because that is the anti-cyclist line. Occasionally full of themselves. Now, later on, there was a line. There are some you know, cyclists who are, are pretty aggressive out there and, and are pretty, if you like, entitled on the road, aren't they? There are some cyclists who are pretty aggressive out there and pretty entitled on the road. Again, what are you trying to get at here? That because a cyclist maybe is holding the lane, that means they're entitled? What, entitled to safety? Entitled to get home without an injury? Well, yes, actually. If that's the entitlement, then yes, cyclists are entitled to get home safely, to be able to ride without being intimidated and put in danger by the people and the mode of transport that is the biggest cause of danger on the roads, and that is driving. So these particular comments are what stirred a huge backlash against Countryfile because they're completely unnecessary and completely inappropriate in the context of the story that was reported earlier on. They also had uh, a little bit where they interviewed three drivers about their views on the highway code changes recently, where we've got a hierarchy of responsibility. The operator of the heaviest and most dangerous vehicles, HGVs for example, have a far greater responsibility to other road users. Drivers of regular cars have the greater responsibility to people who are walking or cycling or riding horses or on motorbikes for example. Motorbike riders, they have the greater responsibility to horse riders, cyclists and walkers. And cyclists have a greater responsibility to horse riders and pedestrians. There's this hierarchy of responsibility and various other clarifications that went into the highway code recently about how cyclists can use the entirety of a lane if they deem it necessary. Yes, they're asked to move to the side to let other vehicles through when it is safe to do so, but if a cyclist deems it necessary to use the full lane, they may do that. So drivers were asked their views on this, and I'm not entirely sure that all the drivers, maybe one did, but I'm not entirely sure that all the drivers fully appreciated the safety aspect here, where they're seeing it as very much, well, it's all one-sided. It's all for them, but they don't have to do anything for the driver. They're not appreciating the danger that driving a motor vehicle inflicts on others around them. 
and that's just the embodiment of car culture. That's what we've had built up over the last hundred years. And it's become normalized. You just hop in a car and you drive off somewhere. You don't think about the safety aspect, or at least a lot of people don't. So I think this really did embody that car culture. They don't see the danger from their cars and they don't see that, you know, they might be the ones that are responsible for, at best, maybe causing a fright, but at worst, potentially killing somebody. There's also the use of the language of cyclists as others. Cyclists do this or they want this or, you know, that grouping of cyclists as a body. But that completely ignores the fact that many cyclists are also drivers. So it's not a distinct group over here that are the cyclists and another distinct group over there that are drivers and they shall not meet and they have their own needs and they have their own needs and nobody understands each other. Many cyclists also drive. There is an overlap here of these two groups. But the way it was presented was like they are two distinct entities, if you like. So we've got bad quotes. We've got the othering of cyclists. And then we've got another comment. With more people using our roads, it's no surprise that accidents happen. But we all have a duty to keep ourselves and each other safe. And there we have it again. The inevitability that there will be incidents and that these incidents are framed as accidents. Oh, whoops, something happened. These things happen. And remember, this is in the context of opening their report by talking about somebody who was killed in 2018. It's no surprise that accidents happen, but they're not accidents. Most incidents on the road are preventable. And these incidents that happen are often down to driver inattentiveness, driving too fast, not driving to the conditions. Some people might be on their phone, barging through, you know, not giving enough space. It's not an accident when people aren't driving properly. And that line, we all have a duty to keep ourselves and each other safe. Well, yes, we all have a duty to a point, but let's not forget the hierarchy of responsibilities. Those who operate heavy machinery... And that is what a car is. Cars, vans, lorries, they are heavy machinery. Those who operate those have a greater duty, a greater responsibility to the safety of other road users. It's not an equal sum game. A cyclist cannot cause such a threat to a driver as a driver can cause to a cyclist. And that line... We all have a duty to keep ourselves and each other safe. That line doesn't acknowledge that hierarchy. That line is equal responsibility on everybody. So this whole segment about cycling on rural roads is completely flawed. And it rightly caused a backlash on social media. Because it should not have been framed this way. Now, I think it's perfectly fair to have driver views. I do not think it's fine to then throw in the lines, cyclists can occasionally be full of themselves, or cyclists can be pretty entitled on the road. Those two lines are wholly inappropriate to the context of the discussion. 
I also think the programme might have been a little bit too focused on the sportier and recreational side of cycling, where the visuals were very much of group cyclists, of people in Lycra, going about cycling for fun, not necessarily as utility cycling or everyday cycling. Now, it was acknowledged in the content of the programme. They did speak about Active Travel England and its award of £161 million and also questioned how much of that money will go to infrastructure on rural roads as opposed to infrastructure on urban roads. So the point was acknowledged that rural roads do have a role to play in everyday cycling. But visually, I don't think that necessarily came across. Rural roads are incredibly important for a broader cycle network where we can connect communities together by cycle, minimising the need for people in villages, for example, to have to use a car to get to the nearest town. Here, for example, we have a semi-rural road that connects Nuneaton through to Bulkington, just to the south of the town. It's windy, it's narrow, it's got solid lines down the middle of it, which mean you're not allowed to overtake anything going faster than 10 miles an hour. But who pays attention to that rule when they're driving? So it's not a welcoming road. It can be very intimidating. Close passes are common and it needs infrastructure. I would be very surprised if there are a lot of people using that route for everyday utility cycling and therefore the connection between Bulkington and Nuneaton is going to be predominantly done by car but it doesn't have to be that way so rural roads do have an important role to play for everyday cycling the sort of cycling that's not particularly fast where people are not dressing in sporty clothes they're just going about in their normal everyday attire but I don't think that necessarily came across all that well in the programme, particularly, as I say, with the visuals. So this whole segment of the programme came across as completely flawed. It started off so well, focusing on the Lias line in the south of Warwickshire, this new route that's going to be opened up, completely traffic-free walking and cycling route, which is brilliant. Started off well, and then, of course, it went to the difficult bit about this person who was killed by a driver, a driver that didn't get a suitable punishment at all. But then it shifted. And these comments going in there from this host about cyclists being full of themselves and entitled, I mean, what does it achieve? It further stokes the us and them attitude, in my opinion. Again, it comes back to this idea that cyclists are one group of people and drivers are another group of people and the two don't meet. And it stokes that division that the cyclists over here are entitled and they'll just fill themselves and they'll get in the way of drivers and they're just going to wind drivers up. But again, the groups overlap and drivers need to understand their responsibilities to keep other people safe when they are operating heavy equipment. And I do want to really stress the framing of cars as heavy equipment. We've got to get out of the mindset that the car is such a casual tool just to hop in, pop down the shops, pop down the road, hop out, do what you want to do, get in, go home again, and don't think anything of it. When you get in a car to drive, what's the first thing that should go through your head? This trip could be the trip where I hit someone. This could be the trip where I maim someone, or worse of all, kill someone. That needs to go through everyone's head 
every time they get behind the wheel of a car. Because that is the responsibility that you have as a driver. You're operating maybe two tons, maybe more if you're driving lorries or vans or whatever. But let's say two tons of machinery at speed. A speed that with that mass behind it doesn't need to be that high before you can do real serious damage. And we need to remember that responsibility and understand and accept it. And this isn't trying to be divisive. This isn't trying to be nasty to drivers or entitled as a cyclist. It's a simple fact. When you drive, you're in control of two tonnes of metal that hurtle down the road at 20, 30, 40, 70 miles an hour. There is a responsibility there because the damage you can do with that mass and with relatively low speed far, far exceeds the potential for harm from someone going along on a bicycle at 10 or 15 miles an hour, maybe 20 at a push. And I think collectively we forget that as a society, we forget that responsibility. And that's what the hierarchy is all about. But we need to have that thought going through our heads every time we get behind the wheel. Today could be the day. If I don't control this vehicle properly and responsibly and drive to test standard, this could be the day that I maim someone or kill someone. So to hear the presenter on Country File talk about responsibility and duties on the road as an equal thing is wrong. We have the hierarchy of responsibility. It's there in the latest changes to the Highway Code, the Highway Code which was referenced in the programme. So there should have been a greater emphasis on drivers having that greater duty of care to other road users because they have the greatest potential to cause harm and to stoke the divisions by throwing in these comments about entitled cyclists and cyclists that are aggressive or full of themselves is nonsense. It doesn't achieve anything other than to stoke division and to stoke that reaction from anti-cycling people. The programme had an opportunity to frame cycling in a specific way to promote it as a great form of everyday active transport. But throwing in these divisions and these tired stereotypes, it completely missed the mark. And with that, I'll say thank you very much for joining me on this third edition of the Feats podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Do remember to subscribe in your favourite app. The podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn and many, many other podcast directories. You can find all the links over on the website feats.uk slash podcast. That's F-I-E-T-S dot UK slash podcast. Do get in touch if you want to drop a line. You can do so over on Twitter. I'm at BicycleBenUK on Facebook, facebook.com slash BicycleBenUK, Mastodon, mastodon.online slash at BicycleBen, or you can email podcast at feats.uk. And if you want to support the podcast, I know times are tough and you don't have to, but if you do want to make a little contribution to keep this podcast and the website and the active travel stuff all going, any contribution will be gratefully received. You can do that over at the website feats.uk, F-I-E-T-S dot U-K. And I will see you next time on the Feats podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.